Hey everyone. Today, I talked to HLS3L Connor Vineski. Connor welds metal for fun, has one of those amazingly comforting big belly laughs, and is the first person to come to Harvard Law School from a tribal college. In telling his story, Connor provides insight into the complicated interplay between individual identity and societal expectation, and how the decision to stand up may be dictated by where you've been made to sit. If you think this episode of Dandelion sounds different than the others, you're not wrong. This conversation was not recorded on a fancy microphone and lacks any real intro or outro because the episode you're about to hear is a recording of Connor and my pre-interview FaceTime. In other words, it's from the first time we literally ever met. The audio from the interview we recorded after was glitchy, but Connor's perspective is so interesting and unique, I wanted to make sure it was shared. And if nothing else, I thought this could be a testament to just how quickly a stranger can turn into a friend. I'm your host, Mazelle, and this is Dandelions. Love to hear it. Okay, so I usually start these interviews and some of the episodes, but usually just these interviews, asking what is now my go-to favorite question of all time. And I would 10 out of 10 recommend you use it whenever you're just trying to like cut from zero to 100 with someone. Yeah. Um, Which is... What was your childhood dinner table like growing up? <laughs> That's a pretty interesting question, huh? Right? Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> that is very cool. Um, I don't know. It would change. It was... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing that you could probably go in different ways, right? Um, Just you throw it all at me. Again, like this is me and okay. you. I'm Mazelle. I'm from LA. We're having a conversation. We're going to be best friends by the end of this. Like, mm. especially now, you so. don't have to worry about, like, how you sound, like, at all. Okay. Just, like, give me anything that comes to mind. Okay. So, um, when it came to, like, food-wise, um, my dad's white, so very uh, bland, like, really gross just food. You know how you just eat chicken and it's just not seasoned right, you know? It's like, what if it's the rubber that I am ingesting? It, yeah. <laughs> Um, so a lot of that, but then a lot of like really complex or like Puerto Rican food that my mom made. Oh, so your mom's Puerto Rican? So she's Puerto Rican. Uh, she's also native. Um, what do you identify as in what capacity and like, what are your affinities and allegiances, not allegiances, but like, you know, with, with the various components of your identity? Yeah, that's, um, so my tribe's from New York. So I got, like, I kind of got raised, like, with ideas of everything. Mm. But my mother would tell me sort of stories because she grew up on the res. She had, like, sort of values and sort of, like, especially, like, ideas of death. Um, Can you elaborate? Sort of, like, so um, I think, like, my father, like, the white side really didn't like the concept of death as much, but the natives sort of enjoy it. Um, I wouldn't say enjoy it, but like mm. sort of things about like, res- like, I guess no, like destination of like heaven so much mm. as like the dead are kind of around you, mm. um, sort of respect for like the, the way life goes. Um, and then there's like sort of sense of self where 
like one thing our tribe does is we don't have headstones because you're supposed to be as an individual forgotten sort of thing. So you kind of, you sacrifice wow. your identity for the collective. And so we kind of got like lessons on that, but nothing really too substantive beyond that. Um, why do you think that was like what, like why that particular component? I think I was curious and would ask her about it. Mm. Um, so she would just, she was kind of, she didn't really learn too much because natives at that sort of section, what, you know, it wasn't really good to be native. So there's a lot of culture loss. So mm. she didn't know very much of it, but whatever she did know, she'd try to tell me or I would ask. Um, but then, so like I didn't grow up near any, any people that were, Cayuga, I, I, she worked at the res where I grew up at. So I kind of knew like people from other tribes, but we're really not the same. Um, and then, so I kind of grew up eating a lot of Puerto Rican food and <laughs> Puerto Rican culture, but I didn't know a single Puerto Rican until I got to law school. No way. That wasn't my, um, in my family. Yeah. And then. What was like, that like? That was pretty crazy. It's still cool. And, you you know, just smiled, like you said that, and you just started like aggressively smiling. What what is it? What emotions does it bring up? Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just odd. I don't know. It's just weird, you know, like when when people are around their sort of culture all the time. You know, they kind of get this. You know, I don't know. I just they just take it for granted, and then for me, kind of seeing it was pretty cool. Um, kind of lonely though, I guess, but mm. still super cool. Um, lonely in law school or lonely like it made you so realize in general right like i didn't really know anybody that looked like me in any regards mm. um but then cool here because then you kind of kind of get to meet them i haven't actually really i don't really know her that well i just know she is puerto rican the, this, you're and talking about a singular a human being she was in she was in my section so i mean i went to puerto rico when i was in high school to go see like the family and that okay. was like but no, like I've never had a Puerto Rican friend or anything. Yeah. Um, just weird little stuff like that. So I guess with with concepts of like identity, I don't identify much along race as much as sort of like Arizona. Oh, interesting. I would say. Um, but I mean, if I were to like choose like a racial identity, it would probably be native because I went to a tribal school. What is... Okay, um, so... 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 The Department of Interior is in charge of sort of natives. There's a sub-bureau called the Bureau of Indian Education. And I don't know how these sort of schools got set up. I think a lot of it is treaty. Um, mm. I don't know, really. The U.S. government chooses what treaties they want to they do and stuff. But um, so there's like, I think maybe... There's a lot of schools across the country that are sort of operated that are like boarding schools. Um, Tribal colleges, you mean? So, yeah, I went there and then uh, got here, and I guess I was the first. And, like, what does that mean to you, if anything? Uh, as I personally didn't think anything of it until I think admissions made a big deal, or maybe it was somebody else, but... I think it's cool. Like in the beginning, I thought it was a little burdensome because you'd have this like image of like, like you're an ambassador and stuff. 
And then that just got exhausting. So I said, screw that. I'm just going to do, you know, do Connor. Right. And then. So like, what were the, what like was the difference? Like between like just doing Connor and that. Like the one was like the whole woke culture, um, which I think is exhausting. Um, Can you elaborate? The idea of like you have to answer in a certain way. Mm. And so I would always get in trouble like with people. Like if, cause if I said something, somebody else would think that's not the native way to say it. Oh, interesting. And then so, or that's not how natives should think about things. And so I kind of find myself more like on libertarian mm. sort of political grounds. So in the beginning I would have to answer questions in class or sort of give opinions. I didn't really agree with. Or like really watered down ones, and then because the, you knew you were like the representative of native. Yeah, I was representative, um, and then so I stopped doing that, and then started just generally answering how I kind of felt, um, and then I think that's done more for my like sense of ambassadorship because I don't think I don't know I. Natives, like the political, I don't know. I just think that come at me. Like it's, it. it's really, it's really diverse, right? Like the like Native American thought, and mm. um, like a lot of policies, for instance, that we hold dear would hold would not be the same sort of as a average person interested in like social justice. Like we we rely heavily on like the concepts of sovereignty and mm. no federal oversight, which falls you know into sort of conservative legal thought, whereas people that want more reform for things want, you know, obviously more federal oversight so that they can skip the whole state diversity of, of things, which... So, sorry, go ahead. Which would generally sort of kill everything that we are based off of. And then, so there's just weird little glitches where I think people people sort of put on brown people, natives, this idea that we're all one big group. Sure. And then a lot of, so at the, when you're in this group, you have to sort of answer in the way that the group thinks, even though the specific policy that you'd be advocating is in direct conflict with sort of your personal um, group's mm. requirements, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. And the tension for you is that you're in, like the mini minority school of thought is that correct like who de who decides or like what is like the correct way of thinking um what or what mean, the uh, right answer would be that you disagree with so it's i really don't know any specifics i really can't think of any right now but it's i don't know it's just this concept of um, I don't know. Was it something that you had experienced before coming to law school? Like, did you um, feel that at the tribal college? So, feel what? Sorry. Like, sorry, what you're describing. The, like, you know, uh, not being the representative, but, like, the... Because the, what it sounds like to me is, like, you're describing some sort of tension within the, like, your own, not native identity, but your own, like... Like, for example, correct me if I'm wrong in how I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. Like, so I'm Jewish, right? 
Um, there are like a gajillion different ways to be Jewish, like as uh-huh. religiously, but also politically, right? And so uh-huh. there is an overwhelming school of thought, uh, like w- where I could relate to what you were saying is like in terms of like speaking about Israel, right? Like I have uh-huh. certain perspectives that I have to be conscientious about how I speak is going to be taken as being representative of all Jews' state stance on an issue, which makes me become yeah. far more defensive of Israel than I would otherwise because I have to be conscious of the fact that what I say will be taken as, well, she's Jewish and she thinks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm wondering, um, like, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely one that I feel a lot. And then sort of what you were saying kind of reminded me, I guess the main concern is you sort of have a you sort of have a card right like yeah one else really hostile so i so i was president of nelsa what is nelsa is native american Got law it. students so then we co-sponsored an affirmative action debate with fedsoc um and i had made the horrible mistake of advertising the thing in the in the section group me uh-huh. and it started a a for lack of a better term, race war. Um, it was nuts. Wait, you need uh, to like get you need crimson. to give me everything on this. So like I had put so like I was talking about I had the red like I had the native card and if I had stayed silent, I was that, you know, stoke, you know, Indian kid. <laughs> but when I started expressing sort of my thoughts, you lose the red card and you lose the power. Oh, we call it the red card. Uh-huh. So you lose the car, so then you lose sort of your your say. And I had lost sort of my powerful red card in the beginning because everyone took it away because they didn't think that I, like my thoughts deserve the power. So then in the thing, I had lost all sort of like right to say anything about race, Um, even though I didn't say anything about it. And I, I just typed... Like, you guys should come to this debate. Like, it's an interesting topic because it was about, like, the current lawsuit. Um, and then it just blew up. People were like, hey, like, how dare you do it? And then it sort of crumbled into, like, a multi-day thing where, like, because our section didn't wasn't very strong to begin with. And so tensions over the whole year just sort of boiled over. And it was really crazy. A lot of like people just I mean it wouldn't it wasn't like a race war, but it was like a right versus left versus moderate, just like screaming. It was like the Crimson wrote about it. It's kinda of hard to explain. Wow. I guess what do you make of all of that? Like if you were to put on your like psychologist's hat, your you know uh-huh. like what do you make of all of it? What do you, like of the situation or, or like my role in it or all of the above? I mean, like, how do you feel when you think about it? What comes up? Like, it was. It's uh, the event wasn't as much like everyone knew the event was going to come. Like it, when I came in, I thought it would be pretty collegial. I was going to have a lot of friends. It's going to be pretty cool. Um. But slowly, the sort of thing started fracturing. Like, 
you couldn't be friends with like these other groups. There's a lot of like bickering and people talking about each other. So it kind of ruined my sort of excitement to be social. Uh, um, in law school. In the section, yeah, in okay, the section. In the section. Um, and I had never come from sort of a place that was so sensitive to things like Haskell. We sort of talked about race all the time, but um, here sort of the topics were like way too sensitive and I didn't understand that. Um, mm. So ever since then, I've been really cautious sort of about what I say and what I do. Not that I needed to be in the beginning, but like at this point in time, like I won't, I won't speak about things like my opinions with people that I don't absolutely trust. Mm. And I won't sort of ever give a opinion answer in class, mm. even on like really we like non-political topics. Like I just refuse to, cause I guess I haven't really thought out things so much. I don't really know how, how people can twist things to say like, Oh, you, like you don't care about brown people because you like this policy and reason, 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 reason it affects people. So I just don't even engage anymore. It was like the social death uh, of me. I guess I just wanted to go back really quickly to, or not really quickly, because I think I think there's a lot to unpack there in in what you were saying about um, the feelings of like isolate like how you felt and like your response to everything that went down, like the social death, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, were you, if you were to like close your eyes and like revisit what was probably, <laughs> sounds like honestly kind of a traumatic time. Mm-hmm. Um, was it like shame? Was it embarrassment? Was it frustration? all of the above, like, and what would you attribute to what? Um, so, so like in undergrad, it was a really small school. So everyone knew each other Mm. and I really liked the, I did not like the concept of everyone knowing your business. So when I came into law school, my goal was to be a ghost is to be nice to people, have friends, but never be like, be the, the center of stage. And so that was my policy throughout. And then when I made that, it sort of put me in the spotlight. Um, and I don't like when I, I really dislike the idea of people talking about me. And I liked like being ignorant about it. Um, so it's like this feeling of just, I don't want to be seen, really. Mm-hmm. And I got seen. And ever since then, it's just, I, I like, I, it's like embarrassment. Like, even if it's good or bad, I just don't really like sort of being the center of things. Um, it's funny that you're going to be on a podcast. <laughs> going on a podcast, yeah. It's a funny thing to be saying. <laughs> I, so I appreciate you putting yourself out there. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I guess I'm just trying to, like, in some ways, like, ask you to, like, dig deeper, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, and, like, explain why. Like I, cause I can, I can totally yeah. see all of this and it makes logical sense mm-hmm. for me. But like, if you had to like be a therapist to yourself, like 
why, why do you think, like, it all makes logical sense. I can totally understand it, but I would maybe do it for a different reason than you would, right? Like we can have the same behaviors or whatever, but it's like, why, for example, for my sister, when she felt the same kind of social isolation, when she, uh, felt any sort of pushback towards her views or isolation, she literally like went hard to the other side and was like, I'm going to make sure that I advocate every time. Like, and so I guess I'm curious as to like, you know, whether it's something from your childhood or from something that happened in tribal college or mm-hmm. if you had to, like, pin it on something. Um, so in, in undergrad, I had this weird transformation where in the beginning I was always sort of like this weird, so like, um, how would you say it? Like a single child. I grew up in this like weird sort of like extremely hostile sort of public school environment. And I never sort of like really enjoyed sort of like myself. Um, I didn't really have like the social skills. And so I was really sort of like alone, kind of just kind of sad all the time. And then at some point in undergrad, I was just like, I'm going to change. I'm going to be this like really sociable person. So I went from like a zero to a hundred. Um, and like in the small school, like you sort of, I started like a star, right? Like you shine bright and then you kind of die down. And I built like this huge sort of, like, I really like enjoyed the feeling of like talking to people and being this like, not the center, but just involved. This is in, um, in tri- college. In the tribal school, yeah. Got it. And then I sort of realized that the people that I, were around, I was around really didn't care about me. They were super fake. Mm. Um, weird stuff like that. Um, there was, like, I lost a lot of friends sort of things, and not, like, for actions that I did, but just sort of, like, people wanted to move well, it's just like this weird sustained impact of just being constantly like embarrassed, hurt. Um, you. And at that, yeah, me. And so like all the events happened in undergrad. It was really weird. And then after it, I kind of grew up and I realized like the sort of me being I liked. You, you kind of gave me the the what in the sense of like, getting at you know your school situation so I guess we can just start by uh-huh. going back to that and like I guess what I would push you to do if you feel comfortable uh-huh. and like yeah. you know the, the try to like lean into like look I get it like part of what this podcast is trying to do is like get people to acknowledge and confront and talk about like their not just like what they but like how it, they felt about it and I think you like did a and like when you when you talked about like how you felt with the like social death like I like got like Uh, it like I understood it like I may not have like I may not agree with your position it's not about that do you know what I mean like this Uh is literally I I personally think when you talk about feelings like if you're vulnerable and honest about them that's like a trump card it's like I'm going to tell you to not feel that way like that's Uh I wasn't there I don't know I can you know I can know how I would feel but like so I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. And so I guess okay. if you like put me in like little Connor shoes, like you said, it, you said, quote, like you said the words extremely hostile. 
like describing school. Oh, like like the undergrad. Like no, like high school, like, like your school. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What um, what's that about? So I mean, Yuma is right on the border, so um, a lot of sort of cartel activity. Um, street gangs sort of aren't just clubs of people, but they're sort of people that realistically kill. Um, and this is like in like. So this was when this was in middle school when when this first started. Elementary school was pretty safe, um, and then you hit middle school, which is where people at that time are beginning to get jumped in. I made a switch in sort of districts. So now I went to the more inner city um, schools, and so that's sort of the whole concept of stick to yourself, um, sort of things. And people, it was, like it was just like I, I heard someone talk about personalities sort of developing based off the weather where you're from. <laughs> And sort of the, like the climate. And Yuma's like extremely hot. It's extremely rugged. And sort of like in school it felt the same. Mm. Like everyone was just pissy at each other. Um, mm. It just had this sort of roughness. That, used to, that I'd gone from like a pretty fun, chill, relaxed environment to in the middle of like a set of social rules I didn't know. And yeah. if you broke the rules, you got hurt. Um, Did you ever get hurt? No, because I, I... So avoiding sort of that whole politics leaves you with not very much to do. Sort of really boring. Not many friends. Um, most of the friends I'd had earlier would that like move to a different school... Um, which is like a little safer. And so they kind of like friendships that were good for me sort of petered out. Mm. And then I was just in this environment where um, this kind of sucked. I, I remember one day in high school, I decided that I could, so I wasn't going to smile once. And I remember like, it was so easy. Like I would just go to class I sort of knew, like, like whatever happened is going to suck. Something might sort of moderately make me smile, but I just wouldn't smile. It was, like, the easiest thing in my life. Like, it was super easy. Like, I would be, like, now in high school, I would go skip lunch and sort of just sit in the library. Um, sort of just chill. And that, so that was my high school thing. That sort of isolation is how I went into undergrad that's all I sort of knew and then I decided I didn't want to do that anymore so I went from like zero to a hundred at that point and I didn't know how to build relationships who to build them with mm. um, how to control it and then so I sort of built this new identity on sort of sand mm. and when it crumbled it went back down to like the sucky feelings from childhood and Sort of, but even worse, because I had sort of tasted the right. honey, got stung by the bee. Yeah. And it proved that the honey was fake, like the honey was poison. Yeah. And, yeah. 
I mean, what's kind of amazing to me is like the way in which you say it so matter of factly, uh, right? Like, what? Like, in, into uh, I can't be at a time in which you're supposed to be figuring out who you are. Uh-huh. Yeah, you yeah, had yeah. to turn off. Uh-huh. And like, did you have any outlet? Like, did you go home and talk about it? Did you, or like, literally, you just like. That was it. So, so my parents, like, so they had lived their own sort of life and they had now built up like a, like a good sense of idea of like where they were and everything. I don't think they understood sort of the reality of where I was in. Mm. And so I struggled in school. um, Like I had failed Spanish Mm. and then they were like, I remember in high school, they were pissed off beyond belief. And they would tell me, like, they're so, like, they're so irritated at me. But, like, I had just gone through, like, hell at school. Um, so it would, it would then sort of be hostile with my parents mm-hmm. at home. Um, and I never, like, it's hard for me to sort of talk about feelings with people. But I told them, I was like, I have to get out. So they helped me move schools. And after that, it was a little bit moderately better. At what point? Um, that was in junior year. Mm-hmm. But like, it was just me telling them, like, I couldn't explain why, but I said, I have to get out. You couldn't explain um, why because... It was just hard for me. Like, it yeah. wasn't easy. Yeah. And I just told them, like... And they're sort of people that if you explain your reasoning, they sort of try to fix the problem that they... Mm. Like, the way they think it should be yeah, fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just had to tell them, I have to, I have to go. Um, so that changed schools. It got a little bit better. And from that point, I focused on welding, um, which was sort of my outlet. It was, like, the first thing I was good at. Like, the, like was, the craft of welding? Yeah, we had, like, a vocational school. Uh-huh. So I would weld. I got really good at it. What is welding? Uh, just melting metal and oh putting got it, it together. got it cool yeah, okay. yeah. i literally didn't um, know got it <laughs> okay so so yeah i did that and then so that's sort of how i sort of got out of the funk hmm. was welding i i don't i i think what i'm having a hard time with is like literally empathizing with you uh, like it's so beyond like anything i felt that way do you know, like, I felt uh, at various times in my life, like, oh, yeah, yeah, alone, but that was more, like, I never actually have been. Like, I've, you know, I come from a Persian Jewish family, like, we're very, there's always people there. I don't really have a choice. I couldn't be invisible uh, if I tried. The moment I try to go invisible, everyone's like, what's wrong with her? Like, <laughs> you know, what's going on? Who turned off the, yeah. you know, the lights? Like, and so, I don't know. I just, I... I don't want to say like it's a set, but like if being part of being human, you know, is relationship and closeness and all of that. Like, I just, it makes me profoundly like sad in some ways to be totally uh-huh. honest with you. Like hearing this story, uh-huh. not in a like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, but like the weight of that, like, and it's not even the yeah. weight of that, but like the, 
the enduring, it's actually not the weight of that. The weight of that would be like, if like your parents put all the pressure in the world on you, but like, it's like the actually like having to suffer that, like, you know, on a day to day, what it must've been like to go to school, like period Uh. after period after period, then you go home and it's like the first time you say something and then you had to like learn and like, you obviously like are not giving yourself enough credit and that you then switched and then like realized you couldn't tell your parents how you felt, but you still felt it. And like, uh, you know, it, uh-huh. I don't really have a question. <laughs> That's just more like, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> what the actual, what? Yeah. And it's sort of given me like a weird personality. I think that it's sort of hard for me to sort of be friends with new people if they don't sort of mm. get who I am first. But, um, I think I turned out okay. <laughs> I think everything worked well. I got to I think, Harvard, I so... Think, yeah, so, like, how? Like, if you, you know, you then you went to school, you never enjoyed yourself, then you're, you know, the people around you were fake, all of this stuff. You've explained, like, so many different parts, but, like, where where are we now? Uh, um, I don't know. It was... So I didn't have any confidence, I guess, and it wasn't until I undergrad. Mean, how could you? <laughs> yeah. Where did you get was, any sort of validation? Yeah, it was weird. Um, but I ended up taking like a communications class because we had to take freaking public speaking in undergrad, which sucked. Um, but I ended up really liking it. And then I was just sort of talking. Um, I, I think we ended up having to focus on on like a current event and sort of like describe it. Mm. And so, finally, I ended up choosing, like, Israel and the Palestinian conflict Mm -hmm. as a sort of, like, I just literally looked up CNN, found the first, like, event. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I, you know, I couldn't figure out where Israel was. Right. Um, Ended up doing, like, a report on it. And I got, like, super into it. Like, I really liked, I sort of liked the idea of sort of not being graded on right or wrong, but sort of, like, doing something it was just interesting and then i had done like consistently well in the class that the the teacher sort of invited me to take like a higher end class Hmm. uh, like an advance and that was like the sort of first time i get like somebody that wasn't my family sort of that like boilerplate you can do it connor you know um sort of someone else believed and then I sort of, that was the first bit, and I kept every class I did really well. And then sort of pivoted it, built my confidence that way. Um, and then sort of just went, the, you know, went on through I think the last two years of undergrad. Um, I ended up becoming like the manager for the women's basketball team, hmm. which was really good for my confidence and sort of my sense of self. And then... So it was just like a slow building up what that did, way. What did like the women's basketball team manager do for you? Like being in that so position? It was like a chance for me to be friends with a like women that mm-hmm. I had never really been friends with. Um, but people that were just so diverse, like in their personalities. And then, I mean, they definitely weren't diverse racially, right? It's, it's a, it's Haskell, you know, you have to be one race to get in. Um, but it was like, we would go to like away events 
and I was sort of in charge of making sure that, like, we had medical supplies, we had the water. So it forced me to sort of talk to people. And for the first time, like, I would be the voice of, like, an organization. Mm. And I would, like, make decisions, and I thought that was cool. So it was, like, it was just a nice way to sort of build skills, like, personal skills that I didn't really before. Mm. Um, and feel part of and something. It, and it got me away from undergrad because the school was, like, like a little cesspool of, like, like bad vibes. Mm. And so during season i would spend every single weekend four hours away in like indiana like doing a game or like even during the week i'd spend the whole time sort of like getting the games ready it was like a good time and like was part of why you went to to high school like or am i just making a leap that doesn't exist like because you wanted to I guess, I guess one thing that as you were speaking is I was like, whoa, but dude, like uh-huh. you're part of this very, very small niche identity group that uh-huh. like from my very, you know, what percent of DNA are you kind of perspective, like seems to be very uh-huh. communal in some ways. So like, was that not a thing that you experienced in high school? And was that then something that you yearned for at Haskell? Like, was that, am I projecting too much? So I guess, so I ended up going hassle because I took the ACT as a total joke, uh, got like the lowest score you get, and then didn't take enough math to go to an, to a university like uh-huh. in Arizona. So Haskell was like my only choice. Mm. Um, and so, and it was really cheap. Like when I tell you only yeah. choice, like it, it was... It was literally to live on campus to get um, full-time credits, meal plan, everything was $700 a, a semester. So $1,400 a year. It was crazy. Uh, but you got what you paid for. But there, it's like, it's like, Pete, like, the, like the tribes, like everyone's the same, I guess, race. Uh-huh. But the tribes are super hostile. Like they're, they're literally like the, I think it's the Cree and the Lakota. They will not speak to each other. Oh, you are kidding. Like, they won't look at each other because they come from, like, long lines of family that, like, you know, their grandparents killed my grandparents, so they won't speak to each other. Um, It's real clicky. And can you tell who someone is? Like, is it... mm -hmm. You can, like, from physical stuff? Yeah, physical physical characteristics. You can can generally place them. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, you got, like, a sense of pan-Indianism, which is like, oh, yeah, like, sure. we're all native, that's really cool. But at the same time, the Lakotas were being total assholes to you, and you're being, like, a total Are you in one of those asshole groups? to somebody else. So, my, I was the only one in my tribe to go there. Holy shit, like you're really always alone. Thing. Yeah, it sucks. Um but I ended up like becoming best friends with like the other guy from my sister tribe. Mm. And so he was like the only one. So like I got a little crew of friends, but yeah, it was real. It was like a real race war over there, but like a <laughs> tribal war. It was nuts. It was pretty cool. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> like at the same time, it sucked. But at the same time, you're like, man, at least there's something going on. And how you big know? is it? Like how many people? Um, 400. 
holy maybe and but like less maybe but like are you there and you're like oh my god like i mean how could you it's a race war so it's not like you like land and you're like haha these are my people i found my place like what people Mm -hmm. what place yeah and yeah it's weird I mean, like, like it's not like a race where like everyone's pissed off, but sure. that's a place where like identity matters. Like maybe at HLS, HLS is more so than I think general community, like along racial lines. Yeah. But like there, like you knew it's like, oh, I'm talking to a Navajo. Mm. Like, and you were either cool with it or you weren't cool with it. Um, occasionally there are some people that like really wouldn't talk to anybody that weren't from their tribe but generally it wasn't too bad thank you for listening to dandelions a podcast sponsored by student government at harvard law school dandelions is executive produced by anjali banjiri and me mazella dasami produced by sam harris solange dasami and danny belgrad the show is written by sam harris and edited by danny belgrad Artwork designed by Georgia Salisbury. Special thanks to Christy Jobson, Sam Parker, Sarah DeLorme, Diego Alvarez, Noel Graham, and Billy Wright. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Harvard Law School or Harvard University. Thanks so much for listening and see you again next time.